1: Hello, lovers of the Torah. Thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. In this podcast, we're going to take a closer look at the doctrine of the Lunar Sabbath. Now, it's starting to crop up a little bit more in the Messianic movement. And in fact, it's even popped up here in the Harvest of All Places. And normally, I do not discuss fringe and bizarre doctrines. But when it shows up in your community, well, I guess it would be prudent to address it. So here I go. Now keep in mind that this is a midrash and not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself. And I I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So let's look at four questions as we open up uh, this topic of the Lunar Sabbath. Number one, what is a Lunar Sabbath? Number two, what is a lunar Sabbatarian? Number three, what is their chair passage for their lunar Sabbath doctrine? And then finally, what is Genesis 1.14 actually saying? So let's jump into the first question. What is a lunar Sabbath? Now, the word lunar, of course, uh, simply defined is of or relating to the moon, Sabbath? Well, that's day seven of the cosmic week of creation, the weekly seventh day of rest for those who are in covenant with the creator. The word Sabbath in Hebrew simply means rest. So when we look at this word lunar Sabbath, what we're talking about is the weekly day of rest that's determined by the new moon of each month. Now, after determining the new moon, which in their, in their doctrine is a rest day as well as the Sabbath, after determining the new moon, one would start counting on the following day, the six days of work. The day following the six days of work, work would be their Sabbath. The new moon is a rest day, and then you count six days of work. That's a total of seven days. The following day, which is day number eight is the Sabbath of the new moon or the Sabbath of the new month. So one could call the lunar Sabbath, really the eighth day Sabbath rather than the seventh day Sabbath. That's kind of a side note. Uh, But from that first Sabbath in relationship to the new moon, you would then have a total of three more Sabbaths or a total of four Sabbaths in any given month. Now the Sabbath Uh, the lunar Sabbath, it could fall on a different day each month, depending on when the new moon is sighted. So in one month, it could be every Tuesday of the month. And then the next month, it could fall on a Thursday, depending on when the new moon uh, arises. Um, Every month in a lunar cycle uh, has about, well, 29.5 days. That's right, 29.5 days approximately from new moon to new moon. And so as a, a result, whenever you count from new moon to new moon, uh, you would have a different day that would be that weekly Sabbath for that month. And so again, it could fall on a Tuesday, a Monday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, could fall on Saturday. It just depends on when the new moon is sighted. Now, numerous lunar Sabbatarians, Also observe the extra days of a month as rest days in addition to the lunar day Shabbats. And so in a month, you would have the new moon, that's a rest day, and then you have four more rest days, which are your Shabbat days, and then you'd have maybe a few extra days at the end of the month, depending on which month you're in, and those would also be rest days. Now now I I I just can't even I, I can't fathom this, but if you think it is challenging. Trying to get your employer to give you the seventh day weekly Shabbat off every month? Try asking for six or seven days a month that also change every month. I mean, try to try to work that out with your employer. You know, it, it's virtually impossible to do that. Now, think about it. If God had intended to give us a lunar Sabbath model, really think about it. Only one percent, the super rich could actually afford to keep it. You know, on that level, philosophically, it makes no sense. Practically speaking, it makes no sense. Now, let's go on. So what is a lunar Sabbatarian? A lunar lunar Sabbatarian would be a person who uses the new moon each month to determine the Sabbaths for that month. That that is what we would call a, a lunar sabbatarian. Now again, generally speaking, lunar sabbatarians use Genesis 1.14 for their core foundational passage as proof of their doctrine. So let's look at their core foundational text, Genesis 1.14. Here it is. Quote Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. That's the verse. Now, based on this text, they build their entire doctrine that the new moon determines the weekly Shabbat. Let me, let me just quote this again. This is from lunar Sabbath.info. Um, it is like one of the major lunar Sabbath we- uh, websites on the Internet. Quote, the true weekly Sabbaths are determined by the phases of the moon, not a carnal count of one through seven, unquote. And then they list Genesis 1.14 as their primary foundational passage. they'll also list Psalms 104 and verse 19. We'll look at that in just a little bit. but let's start with their core foundational passage, the very passage that they use to build this doctrine called the lunar Sabbath. Now to be fair, let's go ahead and cite the second core passage, Psalm 104 and verse 19. It says "He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting note. That's the verse. Psalm 104, 19. note that, the, that the psalmist here is referencing day four of the creation account in Genesis. In fact, the entire chapter references the different days of creation. You can go look that up yourself. If you have some time, check that out. Uh, but because it's simply referencing in Genesis chapter one, and specifically the, the the day in which the moon appears, uh, we'll just go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14 and just look at this core foundational passage. And so let's look at Genesis 1.14 and determine the immediate context. This is the only way that we're really going to discover the meaning of this passage. We have to look at the context in order to discover the meaning. So in hermeneutics, we have this maxim. It's called Context is king. Context is king. When it comes to interpreting the words of Scripture, context determines the meaning of the words of Scripture. So let's look at the immediate context of Genesis 1.14. You'll note it is the cosmic week of creation. And verse 14 is in direct relationship to day four of the cosmic week of creation. The sun and the moon appear and are observable from the surface of the earth for the first time due to the transformation of the atmosphere from translucent to transparent. God then reveals what their purpose is. And you'll note that the purpose of the sun and the moon would be that they are markers for solar days and the annual seasons of spring, summer, fall, and winter. So let's read verse 14 in its fuller context to make some observations. Let's go and pick it up. Genesis 1, 14 through 19. I'm going to be reading out of the the New American Standard Version. It says this. Quote, then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. So, let's ask some questions here. Number 1, is the context of Genesis 1:14 about the creation and fine-tuning of the universe by God, or is it a didactic passage? intended to address religious days and religious observances number 2 where in the passage does the moon and its phases have anything to do with determining determining the timing of the seventh day weekly shabbat you, you'll you'll notice it's nowhere, there's nothing, nowhere in the passage does the moon and its phases have anything to do with determining the timing of the seventh day weekly Shabbat. What does the passage actually say? Well well, I just read it. Listen to this. The sun and the moon are for determining 24 hour solar days. The daylight part of the day and the dark part of the day. It's 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 daylight and 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 nighttime. These are 24-hour solar days. The sun and the moon determine also the seasons. This is the Hebrew word moed or moedim, which, which, by the way, has reference to a number of different things. For instance, the word moed means appointed time or appointed place. And the context determines the meaning or purposes of the time or the place. For instance, moed can refer to the birth of a child, the timing of a child's birth. Or the season of a bird's migration, or a festival, the timing of a vision, etc, etc. So what is the context? Because that's going to determine the nuance of the word "moed. The context, again, is the fourth day of creation. Day number five will be the day that God brings forth and creates the creatures and animals of the earth. This is when they come into existence. Now I want you to think about the cosmic week and what God has just done. He's now going to create these creatures and guess what they're going to need in order to exist. The ability to see and discern the sun and the moon and the cyclical seasons of the year so that they'll know when to eat and reproduce and migrate or hibernate. That's our context. Therefore, the Moadim here in this passage are in direct reference to 24-hour solar days and the seasons of spring, summer, fall, and winter. To, To attempt to import the biblical religious festivals, including the weekly Shabbat, into this passage is a clear example of what is called eisegesis, introducing meanings into a text that are not present in its context. So here's the truth of the matter. The idea that Genesis 1.14 somehow and in some way proves that the new moon is given to determine the timing of the weekly Shabbat is ludicrous. The Shabbat, the seventh day Sabbath, won't, won't even be given as an appointed time for thousands of years. When it is given, one will note that that it is, de- it is determined by a count of seven days, not a new moon. Let me give you the example. There's many, but here's one. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So there you have it. It's very, very clear. The solar week here is analogous of the cosmic creation week of Genesis. The Sabbath is determined by the creation account pattern of six work days and a seventh day of rest. Ready? Here you go. Here's how you determine it from the passage. Just read one, two, three, four, five, six Sabbath. One, two, three, four, five, six Sabbath. No calendar could ever change the simplicity of a corporate group of people counting one, two, three, four, five, six 5, 6 Sabbath. You could change calendars, and it wouldn't matter. Keep in mind that Israel, when she came out of Egypt and was going into the Promised Land, she would travel through the desert for 40 years, and God would send manna. And he told them early on, I think it's in Exodus 16, he says, look, you can go out and gather for six days, but on the seventh day, rest. Don't go out and gather. Besides, there's not going to be anything out there to gather anyway. I'll give you twice what you need on the sixth day, but on the seventh day, just rest. And guess what? Nothing fell on the seventh day. Think about that. 40 years of a weekly reminder of how to determine the weekly seventh day Shabbat. And how would that be done? Well, you count one, two, three, four, five, six Shabbat. It's that simple. No new moon could ever change that. No calendar adjustments could ever change that. One, two, three, four, five, six, Sabbath. Or in the account of the manna, it would be manna, 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 no manna. (laughs) That's right. One, two, three, four, five, six, Sabbath. There would be no manna falling on the Sabbath. So for 40 years, they had that constant reminder and they got counting down to a science. One, two, three, four, five, six, Sabbath. From that point on, The timing of the Sabbath was kept by Israel. Yeshua, the Messiah, shows up, and uh, he certainly would have corrected them if they had somehow lost the count, got it mixed up. He's the Messiah. He would know. He doesn't do that. Think about this. In 1948, the return of the exiles coming back to the land of Israel, being separated and scattered to the nations and not having iPhones, not being able to contact each other, right? They had no way to keep in touch with each other. Uh, not effectively. They all come back from different nations in 1948, all of them keeping the same day as Sabbath. How did they do that? How did they keep that straight in the diaspora? Well, it's really easy. One, two, three, four, five, six Sabbath. That's how they did that. It's a very simple way to keep that straight. And they did that for thousands of years. Keep in mind, God never, commanded Israel to keep a lunar Shabbat. Never, never. The demon gods of Babylon, however, seduced the Babylonians to keep the lunar days in their honor. In stark contrast, the God of Israel told his people to keep the seventh day holy unto him. (coughs) Excuse me. So let's go to our application. I'm sorry, I've got to say this, uh, and it's fairly strong, uh, but because it has um, kind of showed up in the harvest, uh, I think I have a responsibility to be a little bit pointed here. So here I am, and here's what I have to say. If you want to pay homage to the gods of Babylon, then embrace the Lunar Sabbath calendar and try and find a Lunar Sabbath community to fellowship with. And I want to say good luck with that because you're not going to find any. They they really they're just so far and few between because no one. I mean, how do you how do you do that again? It's so impractical. So you know it's going to be a really tough kind of road out there. But that's 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 how it goes with with uh, those type of doctrines. However, if you want to honor the God of Israel, who is the Most High God, the Creator of the universe. Then embrace and keep the Seventh-day Shabbat. Find a faith community that keeps the Seventh-day Shabbat and join it. Between the Messianic congregations and the Seventh-day Pentecostals and the Seventh-day Baptists, the Church of God Seventh-day, the Seventh-day Methodists, the Seventh-day Adventists, let me tell you there are plenty of options for you and your family out there. Join a group. Get connected grow in the grace and knowledge of Messiah Yeshua HaMashiach and enjoy this seventh day Shabbat that God has given first to Israel and then through Israel's Messiah to all the nations. Well, that concludes our program for this week. Special thanks to our great King Yeshua, the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible Through your prayers and financial giving, thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially, and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom.
0: Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and Shalom.